What is that sound you ask? Welcome to the Rec Show Podcast, a show dedicated to beat makers around the world. Kick back, relax with the host, Golden Mind. By the name of David Golden Mind Hicks, and welcome back to another episode of the Rex Show podcast. A podcast for beat makers by beat maker man. Yo, trying to tell a beat maker story. Thank you for tapping in with me, man. Right now, you're listening to Stolen Drums. Yo, man, he got some, <laughs> he got some ish on the way, man. So, shout out to Stolen Drums. He just came out with a, um, new drum pack as well man y'all go ahead and support the homie and yo man i've been a little under the weather i'm pretty sure y'all noticed man i ain't been on uh, socials like that but yeah man been under the weather the weather changing and stuff like that so it caught me had a little fever man i had to <clears throat> lost my voice all that type of stuff man but um, I'm getting back, man, about 80%, 85%, trying to get back to our hundo, you feel me? So I hope everybody's, you know what I mean, taking care of themselves. Um, yeah, man. So, yo, we're going to get right into it, man. This week, um, well, last week we were supposed to be talking to uh, the homie, but this week we putting it out right now. And uh, we are going from Texas all the way to London, man. We are talking to... A beat maker who's been in the game for a, a good while now, man. Making his sound, making history, teaching, you know what I mean? Giving his jewels to the next generation of beat makers and music producers. You know what I mean? Someone who supports beat culture like a mug. He just helped host a uh, loop sessions in London maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago, somewhere around there. And um, yeah, man, he's a like. You can't box this guy in either, man. He's a he does everything. He does boom bap. He does, you know what I mean? The, the dub fusion type joints, like yo, man, it's ill, yo. So um, I asked him if he wanted to be on the show. He graciously said yes, and I am humbled at the opportunity to spotlight this gentleman right here. We're going again to London, man. So we are talking. And I want y'all to help me welcome the one and only Dusty Ohms to the show. Everybody welcome Dusty Ohms to the show. And uh, we're going to talk, chop it up with him, man. And uh, talk to him about his you know, musical journey, what he's got going on, stuff like that, man. So y'all stay locked in, man. Stay tuned. And we will return with music weaving in and out of the conversation. And then also Dusty Ohms, man. So... Thank y'all again, man. Hope y'all count your blessings and not y'all's problems. Peace and love, y'all. 
Ooh, there's some space, spacely sprocket type joints, yo. It's feel good, yo. Alright, yo. <clears throat> Peace and love, yo. Yeah. Dusty Ohms, man, London in the house, man, London stand up, yo, yo, um, let's just kick this off real quick, man, so, uh, for the internets that might not know you, Dusty Ohms, um, that, you know, should smack themselves by now, man, who may not be familiar with your work with, uh, you know, everything, every, everything that you do as far as, uh, teaching, recording, um, 
even I got a, I got a question about somebody in particular that's very special, near and dear to the hip hop scene as well. But go ahead and give the people a uh, you know an introduction to who you are, please. Easy golden mind. I appreciate having me on the show, man. I've uh, yeah, I've been tuned in since the Sens Beat episode. So yeah, it's been a while, and uh, yeah, I check in regularly. So it's an honour to be on the show. Thanks for having me, man. Um, anyway, yeah, my name is Dusty Arms. I'm from London. Uh, I've been making beats since about 2003. I think I bought a computer off my friend with uh, Reason 2.0 on it and uh, DJing since about 97. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a minute. Um, yeah, Associated Collectives, uh, I run a label called Smowell. Um, that's a group of friends, myself, Super Saiyan, Sovereign Nation, Mobes, and Fat Rocky 50s. Yeah, we don't put out too many releases, but uh, yeah, it's just a nice little platform for us pals to do our thing with. Uh, also, Millennium Jazz, shout out to Gadget and all the gang over there. Um, who else have I been doing stuff with? Collective Resonance, uh, different music for my more uh, dance floor stuff. And I also do some bits for Uncomfortable Beats over in Melbourne. How was my name created? Um, yeah, it was kind of just because I'd been doing uh, the dubstep and grime thing as a, a duo called Fused Forces uh, before. And around 2012, I decided to kind of yeah, go in the direction of making some hip hop and beats because it's a yeah, something I've always been interested in. Uh, and I just wanted to kind of hide behind that's the whole point of the uh, little illustration cowboy. I thought of a few names that I thought sounded all right, uh, music based. And I thought Dusty Holmes sounds like it could be like a cowboy's name as well as uh, yeah, like the Dusty Relevance and homes being to do with speakers and stuff so yeah no 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 real depth to it just uh would be cool to create a little alias and hide behind a little cartoon cowboy character man so yeah that's about it man that's dope you know so <laughs> like um fusion forces all right so we're gonna talk about that a little bit as well man um because you you make music with a lot of different people but um, just to give a little bit more history, man. Like, how did you even begin your journey into making music in uh, ninety? I think you said ninety six or ninety seven. So, how did you? How how did that even begin? Oh man, um, yeah. I think my journey into music, aside to the stuff that my parents would have exposed me to, uh, my dad used to play a lot of records around the house and stuff. But um, in London, pirate radio was huge. Um, so yeah, locking into various pirate radio stations would be where you'd get your fix of new underground music that you couldn't hear anywhere else. So yeah, I think that played a massive part of my journey into music. Um, and then a friend's brother who had a set of decks then kind of like uh, solidified that that was uh, it was it was what I really wanted to do. Um, as far as beats and sampling goes, kind of kind of hard to remember the timeline to be honest. I can't all kind of blurs into one um yeah, i suppose an interest in hip-hop um and then yeah hearing those samples and breaks on like radio shows or it be in a car or or on the tv and being like oh this is saying that was used in like a track that you like for a hip-hop beat um so yeah i can't really remember too much uh when that would have been yeah like i say it's just it all kind of blurs into blurs into one. And as far as instruments go, I am a. I'd imagine it's 
probably quite easy to tell when you hear my music that I'm not uh, classically trained in anything. Um, yeah, I tried to learn guitar for a little while. I could play like a couple of simple, simple little riffs, but yeah, no particular instruments really. Um, yeah, just kind of fumbled my way and. Uh, yeah, worked out what I think sounds good, and that's about it, really, man. I agree, man. <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, it, it, I always just ask that question just in case, you know, anybody that isn't uh, classically trained on an instrument kind of gets that confidence that, you know what I mean? Like, if you're still making music and it sounds good and it feels good, like, you don't always have to be classically trained um, t- to create music, you know what I mean? So... Um, but yeah, I understand like, yo, you've been in it for a minute. The lines could get blurred and stuff like that. But um, I did want to ask you about who um, like like who in your family or friends exposed you to, you know, music and beats and you know, what genres were you listening to at that time as well? I'm trying to think. I'm pretty sure it was just uh, listening through stuff myself on um, on MySpace. <laughs> that was probably where I uh, I think that's where I started hearing things. Um, I remember one one occasion, my friend uh, my friend Emma One, who um, yeah I make beats with, and uh, yeah, he's a, a long time friend. We've always collected records, and I remember he picked up a Sam I Am release. Mm. And uh, Sam, yeah, yeah. He, he didn't know what it was, so he was like, "Oh man, I think you might like this. It's a bit too weird for me." And he gave it to me. It was uh, the EP on Hyperdub, and uh, yeah, that that just blew my mind. And I was like, "Oh man, this is this is sick. I'm going to ever delve into it." And um, also, someone shared it recently. Uh, radio station in London called Rinse FM. Uh, there's a guy called Code Nine, and he had Flying Lotus over to uh, yeah guest on the show early on, like in his early years. And that was another thing that kind of, uh, yeah, blew my mind. But, um, yeah, it was kind of through my own searching around on the internet that got me there. Oh, and what genre was I, was I exposed to in that time? Um, around about the same time, running in parallel, pretty much, uh, over here in London, we had uh, the grime scene kicking off. Same sort of time as all the like early LA beat stuff. Um, and dubstep kind of like split. There was a kind of similar but not uh there was some crossover stuff which is how i discovered dubstep uh but yeah they were two uh two genres that at the same time were running in parallel and um yeah i was exposed to a lot of them there was a lot of uh good events going on radio yeah it was uh yeah it was really vibrant and thriving in that time it was uh yeah it was pretty magical actually it's uh i think it's the last genre that i will see that had that um, localised feel to it because the internet was obviously about but uh, stuff was happening in little pockets whereas now things spread really quickly because of the internet so straight away uh, things can be global um, so yeah I was, I was, uh, I was really uh, really happy I got to experience that like feet first straight into it because I was at a good age whereas I missed drum and bass I was a bit too young and obviously hip hop I was well too young for when that first started coming about um but yeah also as well around that time i think i must have discovered footwork as well um yeah that's another genre that uh, yeah blows my mind i'm a big fan of it there's a 
Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. And I like the melting pot of styles now, I think. A lot of the lines are blurred. And, uh, yeah, it's hard to even bracket a lot of stuff. It's the, the influences from each other just kind of, yeah, make this nice electronic melting pot of sound. It's good. <laughs> Yo, so I'm still trying to, you know, get around to um, understanding, if you can, footwork. Um, and... You like dubstep like like anything that anybody can do right now is can be global man like you said with the internet you know like but you know everybody has their pockets of influences and stuff like that i know you mentioned um fly low i know you mentioned sam i am who's um his music and his impact in the beat scene uh the la beat scene is still being felt to this day man still inspiring um i wish i could get him on the show as well man but one one person at a time man i got you dusty ohms man episode number 72 but um so yeah let me let me ask you about that one moment that like sparks your interest in creating your own music you know like when you know and, and when did when did you know it was time to let the internet's um, or just people in general hear your beats and, and flips and stuff like that. Do you know what? It's one of those things that kind of uh, it wasn't until it fell on my lap. I didn't really think about it. Um, when we were younger, we had one friend who had a studio. When uh, yeah, before you could make music in a DAW, um, and it was expensive, but no one really got to to go in there. So I was heavily into DJing and collecting records and stuff. And it was only when um, my friend Moriarty, who uh, was the other half of Fused Forces when we did that, he come, uh, yeah, he come out of the blue one day and rang me up uh, see if I wanted to go around there for uh, smoking a few beers and that. And uh, yeah, he had a computer and he was making tracks. And I was like, oh man, so you can just like, just make music like that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I bought, um, bought his old computer off of him with an old cracked version of Reason 2 on it. And uh, yeah, took it home and just, that was it. I was... Oh man, I remember. I, yeah, just any any spare time I got, I was just trying to make beats and learn. Um, yeah, so uh, that was uh, yeah. It was like an organic thing where I just knew as soon as I had the opportunity to make my own music, I, I yeah, I wanted to do it. And um, yeah, how long did it take me? It took a little while actually. Took till I was ready. Um, like I mentioned earlier, it was like around the MySpace days. Um, and again, someone who I knew was like uh, in a band and he went, oh, there's this thing called MySpace and uh, you can just upload your music on there and people from around the world can like check it out. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And um, yeah, at the time, my, my beats, when I listen to them now, they're terrible. But the closest um, thing was that because Grime was in its infancy and people was making music on like PlayStation music and that kind of software, it was real basic stuff. So my grime instrumentals were sounding more similar to that than the genres that had kind of evolved and got a good level of quality about them. So yeah, I think I started uploading stuff to the internet around about 2004, maybe. Nice. MySpace is the start of a lot of people's music journeys, man. I wish, you know what I mean? I kind of wish it was still alive and kicking um, because what we got going on right now, I'm, well, we still got SoundCloud, right? So SoundCloud, 
um, is still alive and kicking, man, to where if you want to discover music and music from around the world, you still can. Um, I guess, you know, I guess as we transition from MySpace, we transition to SoundCloud and some other um, some other platforms and stuff like that, too. But yeah, man, that's amazing, man. Um, yeah, I know First Beats that come out, you, nobody's ever like yo these slap <laughs> these are our amazing uh beats or anything like that but these are you know training what they learning um beats and stuff like that so but from what i hear right now man like yo you got some you definitely got some slappers man and it's a different feeling which eat with each beat you know what i'm saying like i i feel it um what, what, what album was I listening to? I was listening to uh, "Don't Watch Others" as well. But what, anyway, I'm gonna skip. I'm skipping, man. Let me get back to the to, to the questions though. But um, if you're able to, can you name one song or beat as your you know, like greatest beat of all time? Like, and do, like, who's the producer that that created that beat as well and made it into something that just just blew your mind, man? Oh man, that is uh yeah, that's one one tough question. <laughs> um, I think I mean yeah, it's hard because it's kind of fluid and it depends on your mood, um, on a day to day basis. But yeah, I think if I had to pick one, maybe I would go with Tea Leaf Dancers by Flying Lovers and Andrea Triana. Um, yeah, I just love that. That it's perfection. Yeah, I could like that's one beat I think I could listen to on loop and I never get bored of it. I absolutely love it. It's just uh yeah, it's just an absolute vibe and everything about it. And yeah, that's another really tough question because um, to be honest, on like a daily basis I hear beat makers and producers that flip stuff, I'm just like, wow, how did how did you do that? Uh, especially all the guys on Koala. Um, yeah, some insane stuff like with the chops and things. Yeah, I don't know, don't know what I could pick uh, really. I mean, it's a bit of a, a bit of a bait one from back in the old school, but Troy by Pete Rock. Even though it's uh, yeah, kind of simple, the way he's managed to uh, isolate everything and yeah, make the track he did out of the samples he did, I like yeah, that beat is yeah, that's perfection, uh, especially for the era and uh, the equipment he would have had to have used. That's uh, always saying that I'll nod my head to yeah. Yeah, man, yo, shout out to Koala Gang, yo, we got so many Koala users. That's like. I'm like just like you, man. I'm I'm blown away at what they are doing with this, these instruments, man, and these applications, the tools that we have now. Like, shout out to all the developers, man. That you know, that's that's what I want to say, man. Yo, shout out to all the developers that are creating these applications that are helping expand creativity. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people doing amazing things, man. And um, man, all you just thank you, just thank you for helping um, Elf Audio, uh, MSI, MSXI Sound. Um, yeah, well, it's a lot of different people, man. That's um, Native Instruments, Akai Professional, like um, Ableton, uh, even Serato, Serato Studio. With Serato Studio, I haven't had a chance to tap into that, but. 
Yeah, man. Shout out to everybody, every developer that puts in the time, hard work, coding, and just making it to where we, the creators, can use it and make art. I appreciate y'all, man. But yo, man, Flying Lotus can't go wrong. Pete Rock, the Godfather, man. Yo, you can't go wrong, man. Like, yo. Um, I, I, I let me ask you this: like, if I, I have uh, you know, mutants that are going through their own musical journeys, um, what are some required must-watch, read, or listen to content? You know, it could be a movie, a documentary, or you know anything you would want to recommend that they you know watch this in order to expand their you know their knowledge or something you know uh book wise i can't recommend enough uh bedroom beats and b-sides it's a fairly new book written by laurent fintoni and it's like uh yeah it joins the dots out of all the beat scene and how things started across little pockets in the globe and even like the early days before it was even a thing uh, yeah that that well, I'd, I'll probably read that again actually that was a really interesting read um, and there was another one called Perfecting the Sound Forever I can't remember who that was written by but that was another um, very eye opening book on sound and audio I recommend that as well um, I'm sure it's going to be up there, but I've only just started reading Dilla Time. And I'm only a little way into it, so I can't really say, but so far I'm like, wow. Uh, obviously, it's uh, going to be good. Um, YouTube, there's um, a guy called, uh, the the YouTube channel is called House of Kush. And uh, yeah, I really recommend it on uh, mixing work for like mixing your tracks. It, instead of going down the approach that a lot of them do of like tips and do this and do that it's more of like a mindset thing and how to approach things and how to think about things if you know what I mean yeah I recommend that House of Kush definitely check that out for uh, learning how to mix and yeah another one is uh, DBRC's nephew Loki his YouTube channel is uh, yeah that's got some crazy good stuff on it especially when he uh will make a track in a style of like Devon Who or whatever he always always nails it that's uh yeah that's always a good watch I enjoy that I think it's quite inspiring yeah man yo low key like I always wanted to I would recommend Dilla Time I have the book I'm reading chapter by chapter as well man amazing read Bedroom Beethoven uh, not Bedroom Beethoven's but uh, that's a podcast yo. but check that out too as well that's a, another good podcast music podcast for the music producer beat makers um, but uh, the book you for um, Fantoni that's one I have in my I think I have it in my Amazon car but I want to I want to order it directly from the author man I feel like going direct to the source way better like I'm, I'm gonna go that way but like you said um everything that you recommended i'm gonna go ahead and put in the description of the show so hey while you listening to this scroll your thumb to the bottom um and you'll see the links that he everything that he was talking about man and uh it'll take you directly to it so yo i mean that's just a, a labor of love like i don't have to do that i can just put the words and that's it but i feel like that's just one more way for you to connect um you know and stay connected and learn something you know i mean and pass it on to other people that may be on the same journey as you you know so yeah man click the links in the description 
if you are interested in what um, Dusty Holmes is recommending as well, man, because I know I will be um, adding that to the recommendations list as well on YouTube. Um, but so thank you, Dusty Holmes. Um, so I got I to gotta ask because I don't see um, like a good portion of our, my guests you know show what they're using on social media and stuff like that but um so i had to ask like what gear do you use to create your music you know and then do uh you know why do you use these certain pieces of equipment to know create your music which um is outstanding so i know you have your processes and stuff like that like can you go into a little bit about how you create your music stripped back my studio quite a bit um yeah i moved moved quite a few times uh for a bit and every time i moved it kind of spurs you on if you've got a piece of gear that you don't really use <laughs> in that time you might as well just get rid of it and let someone else make good use out of it um so yeah, there's a few things i've kept uh there's some stuff in my rack i've got a spl vitalizer and a loop trotter saturator which I always use in the master bus. I, uh, yeah, for like cleaning stuff up and yeah, just making things sound nice and fat. I love those. They'll never leave. Um, and I've got a Korg mini log and a micro brew. Is it micro brew? Mi- micro freak. Uh, yeah, I've got one of those as well. They're the two synths that I mainly use now. Uh, both kind of flexible, fun, make wonky stuff on them. I like, uh, if I'm going to use stuff, I like it. Uh, if it's going to be hardware I like it to be kind of hands on rather than doing a lot of menu diving Um, because obviously when you're clicking around on a mouse you're doing enough menu diving as it is so yeah I quite like things to be all on the panel so you can kind of you know get a bit of a vibe Um, I use the SP303 quite a bit as well that sank I don't think I'll ever sell and um, the Digitech sampler is um yeah, quite a staple in my studio. I, it took a while to gel with the Electron workflow, but it's one of those where once you get used to it, uh, yeah, I it, I really gel with it. More than I did the MPC. I borrowed a MPC 1000 from my friend, and I enjoyed it, and I made a few little bits on it, but I don't know, yeah. I think everyone's got their things that they kind of like, yeah, you just gel with, and you can't help that. Um so yeah, they're the main things I use. I've got a few other little bits and bobs, like uh, pocket operators. I would, uh, for anyone who wants to do some like dirtying up of sounds and adding some lo-fi grit to pick up the uh, PO33 by Teenage Engineering. I think that's like less than like a hundred pounds or dollars. And um, yeah, honestly, it's uh, it, it sounded better than my SP202, I think, for like grunging things up the bit rate and filters on it it's just a really fun little sampler for a cheap price um and then a bit of a workhorse for me is uh using reason uh for my door of choice i uh switched to logic for a few years when we were recording a lot of vocalists because uh, reason didn't have the capacity at the time but it's one of those things i've used it since i started and i'm just comfortable on it and i always think uh yeah whatever you find most comfortable making beats on just just do that um because yeah they all get the same results really don't they like once you're uh once you're comfortable on it i have uh i've thought about having a go of ableton but yeah not just yet i know a lot of people that use it but yeah i've not i've not bothered <laughs> i've not bothered to jump over that yet 
Yeah, man. Hey, thank you for those recommendations, man. I actually been thinking about getting a micro cord um, just because, you know, I've been watching a lot of um, Dilla documentaries and some other documentaries as well while I've been sick, you know. So why not, you know, educate myself and try and make myself better at making music while watching um, the greats and what did the greats use in order to make the music so um but the best way i can describe like um everything that you recommended is simplicity um now you know i guess that's the best way to put it because everything you said um has its place and does a certain thing for your music to sound the way that you want it to sound so yeah man that's yo that's awesome man like yo not having a whole bunch of the different gear and stuff like that it's okay to have different gear but it's gotta it's gotta be a part of the orchestra if it don't do something in that orchestra when it's playing beats like why you even got it in there man like that's i think that's a tip that ill mind um ill mind said one time when he was doing one of his uh videos or i think it was his podcast too but yeah man amazing I'm trying to get a micro cord. So if anybody knows where I can get a micro cord, let me know. Yo, I need to add that to my repertoire. But um, yeah, man. Um, yo, you're more than a beat maker. You're a curator for the likes of like Loop Sessions London. You just did that three weeks ago. But then you're also a sound designer, collaborated with the likes of Millennium Jazz Music and some others. Like, um, what's like <laughs> you have your hands in so much going on man you a teacher as well like um can you t- tell me a little bit about that man as far as doing so many things with so many different uh collaborators and stuff like that yo no oh, thanks man uh yeah i do try and have my fingers in quite a lot of pies um yeah i try and not be too busy but it's hard it's hard um to say no to stuff and that when you get the opportunity <laughs> so yeah I've been doing uh, yeah the most exciting thing is uh, bringing loop sessions to London um, you've yeah, been working on that since about 2020 when I uh, discovered the Found in Montreal chapter online took part and then we spoke about doing it so yeah it's been cool working with Serato doing their studio um, and yeah we've got another one uh, in the beat bus which is like a double-decker bus that we're doing at the 29th of December. Uh, so, yeah, it's good trying to uh, pull together the beat community in London. It's, uh, yeah, it's been an honour and really exciting to do. Uh, so, yeah, it's been my latest venture. And, um, yeah, I do some sound design work, um, sample packs and stuff. I haven't done as much of that lately as I used to. Um, but, yeah, it's good work. It's fun. Uh, I think it's a good way to explore your gear and plugins and whatever you've got in interesting ways that you wouldn't necessarily do when you're making a track um you kind of like push the boundaries a little bit and when you're just trying to sculpt sound rather than being in the flow of a tune and finding something to fit you come up with some really interesting results um and yeah also i uh yeah the millennium jazz thing um yeah i've been working with those guys since about 2004 14 I think and uh yeah any compilations any any projects gadgets got I'm uh, I'm always on it always on it so uh, yeah they're a good good bunch of people and uh 
yeah, I like the vision of the label and the collective is it's good to be part of. And um, yeah, engineering is another thing I do more and more of now. Um, mixing people's albums and stuff. I've been mixing quite a lot of uh, vocal vocal stuff albums for rappers and doing the mastering work as well. So yeah, I've been a yeah, been keeping busy. Holy crap, man! <laughs> Yo, you definitely are keeping busy, man. Engineering as well. Yo, man, I didn't even know that part. Yo, shout out to you, Dusty Holmes, man. Staying busy, uh, helping the creatives out here express themselves as well. So thank you for helping them do that. Um, using your gifts to, you know, help uh, the, the next generation of uh, creators. So thank you. Um, man, Loop Sessions. Um, I, I, I heard about Loop Sessions I think it was maybe six months ago when they did uh, Loop Sessions LA for the first time. And then I started diving into Loop Sessions when they did it in LA. They went to Ontario and um, London as well. So I've been watching those videos as well, man. Y'all did an amazing job, yo. Amazing job. Um, Yo, you have an array of music, man, out for listeners to consume um, and vibe with. But I wanted to talk uh, a little bit about park lane ogs right because that's a dope ass name by the way but um park lane ogs you got a a couple albums out how did you uh you know how did you uh go with that but then also talk about the mjm sessions volume one project how did those two um you know entities come together as far as you know the sound the, the albums and stuff like that and then you know you could talk about who's involved with it as well man shout out to them man because the park lane og's albums and then the mjm sessions volume one that you on the slaps yo but yo talk a little bit about uh, how that came to fruition you a little chilled project that i'm doing with uh, my good friend he goes under fury uh ml ml1 um, yeah, known him since we were since we, since we were kids, and we're both well into our hip hop. Uh, so it's a nice kind of because I make a lot of wonky stuff as well, um, and he plays drum and bass, uh, DJing mainly. So it's nice just to have that little output of getting together and uh, doing some digging and sampling some stuff in the kind of like more traditional boom bap hip hop kind of thing. And uh, yeah, the uh, MJM uh, Millennium Jazz Sessions Volume One was just. Um, yeah, the first of a mix series that we're going to do. Uh, yeah, again, it's nice and chill. We collect a lot of records and we have done for years. So we've got, got shitloads of hip-hop and it's just nice to kind of sculpt together and do little mixes every now and then. And uh, Gadget from Millennium Jazz was keen. So yeah, we're running a little series just going to be us playing some of our, our favourite hip-hop tunes pretty much. And um, yeah, we've got a new single ready. I just need to uh, mix and master it and get some artwork done. Uh, but yeah, we've got another single to come out probably next year now. But yeah, it's fun. It's nice and nice and chilled. Man, amazing, yo. Um, yo, for everybody that don't know, man, go to Dusty Ohm's Bandcamp, man. I'm going to leave a link in the description. Go ahead, support via Bandcamp um, or any way you can. Yo, it's uh, he got some amazing music on there. And you got a treat that I haven't even talked about yet. But... Um, Y'all need to tap in with the guy. You know what I'm saying? Yo, um, I know you were talking about you were a DJ 
Um, and I always ask this question, man. Four pillars of hip hop, DJing, MCing, breaking, and graphing. So, which one did you begin your journey with, man? That's, I mean, that's what I always like to give a, a little bit of history, man. You gotta have history, yo. Um, so people understand the history of hip hop and where we're going with this thing, you know, where we came from with this thing as well. Do you know what? Although I've been DJing uh, a long time, that was uh, always drum and bass and that kind of stuff. Uh, so as far as hip hop goes, it would be graffiti. Um, my friend was just talking about the other half of Parkline OG's Fury. Uh, yeah, I taught him how to mix records and then he taught me how to graffiti. And uh, yeah, after that, the DJing kind of came and tried to scratch uh, for a few years. But yeah, not very good. I like just playing hip hop records and mixing a few, but yeah, I, I'm not very good at turntablism and all the scratching stuff, really. I can just do basic things. Um, yeah, so yeah, graffiti. And uh, yeah, I still paint to this day, uh, quite active. Um, I've got a, a lot of friends who are street artists and graffiti artists, so I like to stockpile a lot of music actually during these winter months. Um, like a squirrel, I'll squirrel away a load of beats and then I'll drip feed them over summer when I don't want to be in the studio quite so much, so I've got stuff to kind of keep me active. Uh, and yeah, in those months, I'm normally out painting quite a lot. Uh, we've got some good spots in London to paint, so yeah, I'm still, uh, still involved in graffiti, so. Yeah, nice expression. I think it's good. Yeah, man. Yo, brown. Yo, you are you are you're a Renaissance guy, man. You're a Renaissance man. Yo, you do it all. Yo, like uh, I'm in the market right now for a uh, new logo. You know what I mean? A new new logo, man. I think um, I have ideas, man. But I'm just trying to put it all together, man. Um, but yo, graffiti. That's a dope way to actually think about it man in winter months we cooped up anyway you know you don't really want to go outside um everything's cold stuff like that but you're still working and creating as well man so yo i wish yo show some of your work bro show some of your work now um so my next question you know give us some thought can you name your adolescent and adult beat maker superheroes you know the, the the beat makers you were listening to as a kid, but then also the ones you were listening to, um, the ones you're listening to now as an adult. Um, and major key alert: no genre is off limits, bro. Oh man, in the adolescent days, uh, I'd probably have to. Yeah, it'd be my drum and bass and jungle roots. Um, so it'd be Dillinger would be one of them, I'd say, and Ed Rush and Optical. Uh, yeah, this was back when making music was still wizardry and I had no idea what people were doing and how they did it. Uh, but yeah, Ad Russian Optical, they, uh, yeah, they found some real interesting stuff to sample. Um, and it always, it always had loads of funk. I don't know. Like drum bass can be pretty hard at times, whereas they always managed to inject it with some like funk and soul. Um, even if it was kind of dark. So yeah, they were kind of like superheroes for me when I was uh, growing up, as far as music went. And Dillinger is another one. Um, yeah, even now, when I listen to his old stuff, I just can't work out how he managed to make it. It's like just everything so clean, loud and brutal. He's um, yeah, an amazing producer. And uh, yeah, pioneered a lot. Um, so yeah, that would have been growing up. And then fast forward to now, 
Uh, Flying Lotus would be be one of them, definitely. Um, just because of uh, what he's started out as and what he's accomplished, and yeah, his, his evolution. Like when you look at his old beat stuff that he started out doing, and then now making up like, mad jazz albums, and yeah, the guy's like insane. Like the music he makes, all of it's amazing, and yeah, I find it inspiring that feels like he's in his own little pocket where he can kind of make what he wants and people are receptive to it and I uh, yeah I respect that a lot um, and then sonically uh, the the ones would be Sam I Am definitely I think if there was one producer that I could make <laughs> make all their tunes that was my sound it would be Sam I Am I absolutely love everything he does um, yeah there's no mistaking it when you hear there's people that sound a bit like it but you never quite nail how he sounds is yeah so dope so dope and um yeah in parallel with that would be two uk producers called ivy lab um yeah their roots are in drum and bass as well and they kind of fused together what i loved of drum and bass and hip-hop uh so they made beats but it's like all like real um like the level of production was like drum and bass sound design and stuff uh, mixed in with the like funk and swing of beats they can kind of turn their hand to anything like drill grime yeah any sound and uh yeah all of it's sick so if anyone listening to this hasn't checked out ivy lab yeah i urge you to do so they're uh yeah definitely one of my biggest influences uh yeah Yo, sh- yo, everybody you recommended, man. Um, I definitely love tapping into different people that I don't know about. So from the UK side, yo, I'm definitely going to be tapping in, man. Just to, you know, um, I guess just to, cre- you know, put more, um, man, open, I guess open up, open up the palette, my musical palette a lot more, man. And that's what, um. I like doing man whenever uh, my guests recommend different people and stuff like that i'm like hmm i never heard of that person yeah let me go ahead and tap into them check check them out and yeah man so thank you for that and um yo sam i am man if you ever listen to the show man i would love to have you on the show as well um you know i know you don't like you on twitter sometimes but you not but uh check your dms bruh <laughs> yo um yo so i gotta ask this man for you know for my listeners who don't know you joined uh, uh education and bass uh in which you teach music production and share your techniques um which is to be commended man like we got a lot of people inspiring the next generation like i said before you're one of them man so i applaud you man thank you and um, I wanted to know, like, can you give some details into what that is, you know, what that's all about, uh, education and base, and how people can support uh, it as well? Uh, thank you, man. I, uh, I appreciate you mentioning education and base, actually. It's uh, yeah, a really good platform. Um, it's uh, owned by a guy called Nominate, who's uh, quite a prolific producer in his own right. Um, got a good team of people there. Uh, Raf was who got me involved. I've been doing it for a few years now, uh, although I haven't done any new any new tutorials for a while. Uh, it's basically a website um, for learning. 
a lot of tutorials um, can do uh, one-on-one tutoring uh, go around a lot of schools uh, teaching kids and at colleges as well music production doing Q&A's yeah just a general hub for education and learning the music business and production uh, yeah it's a pleasure to be involved with them um, yeah it's really good work and it's quite satisfying because um, it's the kind of thing that I wish I had when I was younger uh, you can sign up for a free membership they also do like VIP packages and yeah all sorts of stuff for free um, yeah education and bass is the place check it out even if you're uh, an established producer and been doing it years there's uh, yeah, still stuff to be learned on there it covers some like advanced stuff and real basics so the whole spectrum of learning you can uh, get involved there's sample packs and yeah all sorts uh, yeah check it out that is amazing that is amazing man yo shout out to education and bass education and bass is the place <laughs> space is the place yo yo shout out to Sun Ra man um yo man Sun Ra shout out to Raj G Raj G as well yo man uh you, you just brought that up in my head it just popped in my head real quick yo but um yeah, y'all go ahead and support education and base, um, especially if you're a local and you're still learning, um, which we all are. So we lifelong learners, man. That's what we do on this earth. So, yeah, man. Um, so, OK, um, last two questions as we kind of round this out, man. Um, you know, you're you're currently out of London, which we all know. Um, what is the bee scene like? Uh, in your specific area, you know, how can others support you and uh, other beat makers in your area? You know, if you have some names, like go ahead, throw them out there, man, that we should be on the lookout for. Yeah, man, London. Uh, what can I say? It's a, it's a crazy city. It's very hectic. Um, there's a l- always a lot of stuff bubbling. Uh, because of the size of it though and there's so many genres artists events like it's hard to keep on top of and um yeah because it's quite big uh you, it, things get fragmented at times um so there's yeah various pockets popping uh beat scene wise there is one um it's not as established as other genres and scenes um but i discovered it um through lab collective do a thing called Beat Meat. Uh, shout out Busy Fingers and Devo. Uh, they've not done one for a little while, but um, yeah, I'll post a video actually. I'll, I'll link the video so you can check them out. Uh, it's like a producer showcase where people come down and do beat sets, beat battles, all stuff like that. I uh, yeah, connected with a lot of people through that. It's a, a good hub. I'm hoping they will pick that up again soon. Um, but in the meantime, uh, some of the guys who used to be regulars there, uh, Rare God, they're putting on an event now as well called uh, Audio Arcade and that's a monthly thing that they run up in North London uh, yeah I'll probably put some links for that as well uh, really good hub for the community again it's beat sets they have uh, open open slots so you can just rock down with your sampler or whatever and get involved MCs yeah it's just a good vibe uh, yeah they stream it on Twitch as well for anyone that can't can't be there in person in the city so yeah shout out Rare God they're uh, yeah filling a nice little void at the moment and then uh, and yeah of course we're doing Loop Sessions London now as well um, so hoping that's going to be another little hub that can uh, yeah build the beat community and uh, yeah try and pull people from all over the city to these these little things going on and uh, grow yeah 
yeah, as far as it goes with uh, like beat makers and producers, um, yeah, there's a lot of people who kind of dip in and out. Um, yeah, like some guy makes some really like cool stuff. He's got a new EP coming out called Dusty Pizza uh, with Matt Frost, and that's one of the wonkiest projects I've ever heard. So good, so good. Um, and then like Moriarty, uh, yeah, like I mentioned, Rare God. Um, there's people up and down the country because obviously the UK is quite small, so it's only like two hours to get to Bristol um, and up to Manchester. And there's uh, some guys up there doing a lot of lot of stuff as well. Um, I'll probably say the best way to shine a light is follow the Loop Sessions London uh, Instagram account. I'm always sharing on the stories. Uh, London beatmakers projects and yeah shining some light on what they do so yeah it's a good place to come and check out what we've got bubbling in the city Shout out to every single one of them uh, beat makers and collectives that are doing things, man. I'm going to check them out um, as well. And I'm going to also go ahead and link them as well, man. So, yo, um, what's the one thing you wish you knew before you started your own music and uh, art creation journey, man? Every I know everybody's got something. What's the one thing you wish you knew before you, you started? Yeah, I'm not really too sure, you know. Um, kind of like with life, uh, making your own mistakes, I think, is a good way to learn. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd uh, definitely recommend to people who are starting out uh, not to take things personally because there's going to be a lot of disheartening things that will happen, uh, like fake promises and 
sometimes you get excited about stuff and uh, yeah, it won't materialise. So now, until something's set in stone or actually happened, kind of like, you know, I get a bit of a buzz excitement-wise, but I'm like, well, it probably might not happen. Whereas when you first start out, you get you hear all sorts of like sick things and you're like, oh man, this is going to be so cool. And uh, they don't materialise. So I do know some people have given up on music because they got kind of disheartened about stuff and the scene. So it can be cut, quite fickle and cutthroat, but you'll find uh, I find good people to work with. That's probably what I would uh, I would say actually. Like, uh, find find people you gel with and get on with and work with those rather than trying to like. Um, it's nice to do higher profile stuff, but just trying to chase that's not not a good look. You're better off just working working with people you get on with. It will make it a much more pleasant experience than. Uh, yeah, just trying to reach all the time is saying I'd uh, recommend to anyone who's starting out. Yeah, man. Yo, work with people that you actually get along with, man. That is a jewel, man. Drop the mic, yo. <laughs> Drop the mic, man. Yo, because um, like you said, it, is, it could be disheartening, you know, but, um, you know, rejection or um, it's, it's all a part of the game, man. So just... Keep that thick skin, man. No, it's not personal. And we're going to keep it moving like that, yo. But um, let me ask you something, man. Yo, yo, you actually had the pleasure of working with an amazing MC, man, who uh, hip hop in the world. Um, I wouldn't say lost, man, because his music still lives on to this day. It's still hard hitting. still his video is still funny. You know what I mean, he's had the sense of humor. Um, you worked with the amazing and comparable Sean Price. You know what I mean? And um, on a track called Monster Rap. You, you also work with other people as well. Um, what like what what was that experience like? But then also um, you know, why is he your your favorite um, MC? as well man because he's got some amazing um amazing raps man i think i have a i have a rapper card with a piece of a rap a uh, piece of a notebook page inside of the card that rappercards.com uh, put out man and um i was privileged enough to get one before they sold out yo so tell me about that that experience like uh tell me about what that experience was like for you um, for my listeners who don't know that you work with the incomparable Sean Price, yo. Uh, working with Sean Price, that was, uh, yeah, it's like a dream doing that. Um, yeah, why is he my favourite MC? I mean, I would just say listen to him. The guy is, uh, yeah, the way he rhymes, the way he holds himself. I just bar for bar, he just he just bodies it. He's just, yeah, he's like a rapper's rapper, and he? He's... He's a real guy and like so talented. So uh, such a hole in hip hop since he's gone. He's a uh, yeah big character as well, wasn't he? Like funny. But yeah, anyway, uh, recorded monster rap. Yeah, it must have been like 2012. Um, yeah, someone was like, oh, you should just reach out to him on Twitter or whatever. So uh, yeah, I tweeted him and he just DM'd me his number and just said ring me so I was like oh man I was like kind of like <laughs> shook about it I was like oh man I'm well nervous I've got to just, just call him uh, and I called him and just chatted to him on the phone for a bit um, and he's like yeah yeah send me some beats 
and then uh, yeah before we do anything I want to like hear what you're all about and see see if we're game to work so I sent him a folder of beats uh, for a mixtape we were we were making at the time and uh, yeah he found one he liked we we worked he wrote those bars and sent them back like, I think I woke up I spoke to him that evening I woke up in the morning and they was in my inbox like ready to go uh, yeah they're obviously sick he's just yeah he's just a machine isn't he yeah, R.I.P. Sean, what a legend. Yeah, man, rest in power to the to legend Sean Price, man. Yo, amazing, amazing, man. Like, yo, I don't know um, a lot of people that have worked with uh, Sean Price, but you were one of the the gifted ones, man. So shout out to you, man. And um, I know it's a lot more people that you're going to be working with as well. So I can't wait. I'm excited, man. I'm um definitely tapped into what you're doing um and look forward to what you're doing uh as well but hey uh last question as we you know round out uh 2022 and we get ready to go into 2023 um what should the internets look out for from you uh dusty ohms um you to park lane ogs um you know Go ahead and you know let the internet. How can the internet tap into you? What you're doing, and uh, go plug your socials. Any projects you might have going on? Any events with uh, loop sessions that you might have going on? All that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing would be um, the third and final beat tape in a series that I've been doing on Millennium Jazz with my man Bear Beats. We do a side each of the tape, and we've done uh, volume one and two. Um, and number three is just finished and that's called the Bear Dusty Beat Tape Volume 3 uh, yeah they're really fun to do I think we've got nice contrasting styles and uh, yeah it's one time because sometimes I'll make things that are a bit more electronic and synthy but this is uh, always a good good reason to like get the records out and do some sampling and kind of go down that route so yeah keep on out for that um, I've usually got a lot of tracks on compilations and stuff uh, so tuning into my SoundCloud is a good place to find little bits and bobs like Flipper Beat Club, Loop Sessions, various compilations. Uh, so yeah, all the socials are just Dusty Ohms. And uh, yeah, one of my main focuses for 2023 will be Loop Sessions London. Uh, yeah, really excited to uh, grow that and uh, help do my little bit of pulling the uh, beat community together in London. Uh, yeah, so shout out all the OGs over in Montreal. Schmings, Magnanimous, and Dr. Mad, and all the uh, team at Serato as well. Should hopefully have some, uh, yeah, some, some big things moving forward. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So I'd just like to say thanks again for having me on the podcast. Like I say, I've been, uh, been a fan for quite a while, so it's an honour to come on here. Hope everyone enjoyed, and uh, yeah, has a blessed week. Till next time, peace. Yeah, man. Yo, thank you, Dusty Ohms, for doing the show, man. I appreciate you for tapping in, man. You stay tapped in, stay providing that feedback on social, man. And, um, man, it was an honor to have you on the show. Man, I need everybody that made it to this point to go ahead and follow Dusty Ohms, man. Follow Loop Sessions um, London as well. Um, go ahead and support via Bandcamp or streaming. Tap into his music, man. He got something for everybody. He got, you know what I mean, that dubstep. He got that, you know what I mean? He got that boom bap. He got, you know, he got everything, man. 
like that you would want. So tap into Dusty Ohms, man, and uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned, man. We're going to have a lot more from across the pond, man. We're going to have a lot more from across the pond, man. It's just, we're just getting started. I'm just letting you know, we're just getting started. All right, 2023 is is about to, we're about to heat this motherfucker up, man. All right, so yo, um, once again, I go by the name of David Golden Mine Hicks, and welcome, and thank you for tapping in, man. Thank you for tapping in. Thank you for staying this long. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for supporting um, via the link tree, man. If you want to donate, if you want to become a subscriber um, to help support the podcast directly, that's another way to do it, man. And uh, just thank you for your ear. And thank you for your time, man. And, um, you know, I wish you nothing but... Uh, nothing but I can't stand that word yo. Nothing but I wish you Peace Love Joy You know what I mean Respect Honor All of that stuff yo. Alright And um, I'm gonna see y'all Next week Very very soon On another episode Of the Rex Show Podcast Man Peace and love yo. Let me go get some tea
satellites are humans. And these are the mutants. They tell like younger kids or other producers like, that's cheating. You can't really be separate for bro. Like when it comes to this producing shit, you can do whatever you want. You've been listening to the Rec Show podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and leave a comment. Remember three things: believe in your music, take care of your mentals, become the best version of yourself. Until the next one, Golden Mind signing off. Peace and love, yo. Be the best, you got to work overtime. To be the best, you got to work overtime. These young boys getting better. This is not like the NBA when you can retire. Like this is, you have to be.